Los Cachirules, el podcast con más garra, pasión y picardía y hasta el equipo de todos. Y ahora con ustedes, Los Cachirules. Yeah, I just realized I cut off the last part. Sorry about that, boys. Uh, this is Los Cachirules, a podcast that airs weekly, bi-weekly, probably daily at some point. But uh, my name is John Dugu. This is episode eight. I have with me a, a cast of characters, a couple of folks from California. We have Juan Aceves. How are you, sir? Doing good, doing good. And we have uh, Juan Uribe. Enjoying the Clásico Tapatio Juan. Hey, what's up, party people? And uh, we have uh, Daniel, SoCal Dan, just joined us this week. How are the collections coming along, Dan? <laughs> Daniel Cobrador. Uh, I'm great. How's everyone? Excellent. We have a guy who lives in Philly, but you cannot mistake his Houston accent, Ronnie Luna. I told you, I need, you need to refer to me as El Hijo Prodigo de Big Soccer Pitlan. <laughs> I'll remember that next time. <laughs> and then in Connecticut, we have Christian Dennis. How are you? Hello, guys. <laughs> and uh, out in Arizona, we have uh, Fernando Regino. Saludos, saludos. How you doing? All right, so let's... Uh, there we go. That was on loop. We had a nice podcast on Monday. Covered a lot of topics, but it seems like tonight uh, we'll probably dedicate about an hour or so to the words that uh, Mr. Manuel Lapuente said, which I have right here. So I'll play him for you. Well, there you have it. Once again, uh, Manuel La Puente, who coached Mexico in the 1990 World Cup, I'm oh, sorry, Gold Cup, 1991, and lost to the USA 2-0 when the USA was practically an amateur team, and then coached Mexico in the 1998 World Cup. Uh, didn't have the pleasure of dealing with World Cup qualifiers, and uh, did play in a couple of Gold Cups, or coach rather, uh, won one, lost one, we just said, and then took Mexico to the uh, 
Confed Cup in 1991, and which Mexico hosted, and then beat a Brazil Olympic team at the Azteca, saying that uh, this current crop of players is the worst generation of players. Watch what somebody else said it, but he agreed. Why on earth would would he do that? What 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 benefit? What what would that give him? Or just I'm I'm not, I'm not really sure why he would want to say anything. It's a delusion of grandeur right there, where he's comparing his generation to, you know, the current generation. Everybody sees, oh, this is the most talented. Well, no, my team was way much better. Obviously, he's just not. He's getting seen out now. He's a little too old for this now. Okay, let's let's start with some let's start with some actual numbers, because I feel like not only is it the wrong time for La Puente to come out and say this, um, it's it's just really nonsensical. Um, if we look at, for example, the team that he coached at the World Cup in 1998, this is a team that finished second in its group with five points, and ended up losing to Germany. Two to one in the in the round of sixteen. So they ended up with a goal for uh, goals for was eight and goals against was seven. So all in all, most of us remember that team as a team that that battled and and had a lot of heart and ha I, you know obviously had some quality to it. Now if you compare this to the to the 2014 team, this is a team that finished second in the group as well. However, it did it with seven points. And a goal and a goal uh, and, and five goals for and three against, including the round of 16 game uh, versus Holland. With that said, is it that is 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 winning the Confederations Cup at home against Brazil's Olympic team, plus a few other players, that different than winning the, the Olympic gold versus Brazil's Olympic team, plus a few others? I don't know. I don't know. I, I just it, it, it's it's. It's, it, it comes out of nowhere, and and I and I and I said it in, the, in in our Twitter feed chat earlier today. I think he was baited, but he also left. He, he, the, the door was open for him to, to make these declarations, and he not only didn't he just opened the door, he ran right through it head first and continued to run down the hallway and outside, yeah. jumped right out the building. He he just he's not. At the, this is not the right time for this kind of. Uh, Sort of the traction, to be honest. You know, what was the just initial to, question just that he had made? Uh, the, 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 what did he initially ask La Puente? I'm just, because like, all I hear is his response. Uh, to honestly, I'm not sure. Did anybody hear it? I heard it. He says that uh, in, in, at the end he asked, so are you saying that this, is, uh, this team is not, uh, it's the worst generation? It's not that. It's the the the, the previous question that that uh, is in question. Now everybody heard that one. Uh, look, I agree that maybe the timing is not the best, but La Puente has a lot of points. And this, and believe it or not, this is not the first time that he has spoken about the national team. Uh, you know, he's you know he's spoken with, about the national team uh, not too long ago. Uh, the sentiment of you know bringing up Copa America. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Atlantis ex uh, one of Atlantis owners. They also a couple months back they they were talking about how it's um, how it's pathetic, how Mexico fought for years for years 
begged for years to, to, to participate in Copa America only for Mexico to basically just not treat it with the same respect and uh, as, as we once did. So in that regard, La Puente is right. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's, it's – you know, La Puente is with, – with, with Lusatich, he is probably the, – they're, they're the most successful coaches in the last 30 years in Mexico. Without a doubt. So it's, I mean, it's not like he's he's you know he's je feeling uh, like jealous or he's you know envious or, or you know, but I think collectively speaking, I I see that I see his team better. I see the teams from the from the late '90s to the early you know better as a whole. I yeah, mean, but, I that's, that, but right you, now because. You know what? I mean, honestly, you remember, and that's you fine. It seems to be better, and I probably yeah. agree with you. But, now, but you the college remember, generation, the worst. Believe me, I've been around. What's this the is not the worst generation. See, the, the, the thing is, this generation like has a big core of players. Uh, at least the last two cycles, they they have a big core of players that play in Europe, which are the best leagues. You know, some of them are in the Champions Leagues, and you know they got a they got a lot of uh, recognition for what they did as youth players. And uh, but. Just to backtrack a little, the, Mano's team in the Olympics—that was his first team. You know, that was that was gonna be the—that's the team he was preparing to play in uh, in Brazil. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think you know that's kind of you know maybe the, the maybe that that uh, I mean that that Olympic Who that Olympic has I mean, some merit, but you it's can still only play the people that are in front of you. Yeah. It's it, well, it, you know same thing with uh, La Puente's team, uh, the the Confed Cup winner. They, I mean, they had to beat whoever was yeah. in front of them. You know. And I mean, that's made a living off beating the Brazil U23. It's one of the reasons they, they got so high in the FIFA rankings. Seriously. I mean, one thing is that times have changed. You know, now uh, Comebol needs Mexico to be in their tournament for, you know, for them if they want to make money. Those television contracts, that there's a reason why Mexican teams are in Libertadores because, you know, they need that revenue. So it's not more like, oh, we have to fight tooth and nail to get into Copa America and to do with disrespect. No, they need us there. So yes, I don't see yes, that yes. point anymore. But no, 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 no. But there was a point. There was a for a long time that Mexico did. I mean, they, 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 they negotiated and renegotiated. They tried to get into those South American uh, tournaments, and I mean, up until there was a while, there was a time when we weren't giving you know Copa Libertadores the respect that it deserved. Same with Copa. Uh, same, same with Copa America. And you know, yeah, but they, those are those are two different. They gave the its fullest respect up until Chuck Blazer decided that Mexico had to send a U23 in 2011. That's but the thing. That, Mexico always sent a why that if not those, team, a very strong team. If they're not well, respecting the, the the Copa America though, is that really the actual NT's fault? Like, if you're going to be making those criticisms exactly. about the NT being exactly. the worst, you I know mean, what? Whatever. That's a that's more of a discussion that if you're going to be criticizing the federativos, I mean that's that's where that conversation belongs. That's where those that's, um, that, criticisms belong. But he's criticizing the player pool. He's saying the, the player pool collectively, they're not Which much. Is, but it's still, not better. it's still not. But that's still not not factually correct, and it's and it's really down to opinion and to factually state it as something that's either right or wrong and make it a binary issue. It, it, whatever point he was trying to make it goes out the window because. Like Daniel just said, I mean, there are whatever point he was he was actually making, he he it got muddy. He he dirtied the water because it, it's it's a couple of different things that he's talking about, and at the end he sort of glosses over it, 
and uses the player pool as 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 sort of the 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 carriage for his point and it doesn't make sense because Daniel just said it and what he said is actually absolutely correct the issue with Copa America is is uh, is not an issue that the players have a say in I mean that's just that's just uh, you know the higher ups and the priorities they place on the Gold Cup because of endorsements and and TV deals now supersede whatever can be done in Copa America that's really not the players' fault you know when's the last time uh, Mexico was was in the Copa America final Okay. Well, I have, well, I have, I have one question. 2001. Yeah. I have, I have one question. So, do you guys remember? Do you guys remember the image of Chicharito on the bench uh, last match day of the last of the World Cup qualifiers, where we're basically for a couple of sec minutes we're basically eliminated. Yeah. And that. Do you remember that? Yeah. Now, now, keep that in your head. Keep that. Keep that image in your head. Does La Ponte have a point? Yeah, but it's not. But it. But it doesn't. But it. That's no. That's I, don't I, I, don't, I don't. As good I don't care. I don't, then I, I as you now. I mean, that's, that's not the thing. That's that's circumstantial to me, because no, he, he, no, does, he does. He does talk about. He does. He specifically talks about the hex and the Copa America, which I think he has absolutely has a point in regards to the hex. But I don't personally, as a again as a fan, I don't care how we get there as long as we get there. So if the metric is what we did during the qualifiers and home and away versus Concacaf. Obviously, he has a point. The Copa America, it's a little bit less clear because, like I said, like Daniel said as well, that's more of a federativo issue. But again, I mean, to 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 use that as some sort of crutch to say that this is the worst generation in the past 20 years, I mean, we can do a player by player comparison. And I mean, I think at worst, the, the, these generations are even. And this particular generation still has another Confederations Cup to go, still has another qualifier qualifying round to go. And still has another World Cup to go, and I think that has to be kept in perspective. If we have this conversation three years from now, I think we can actually make an accurate assessment and, and figure out whether or not he's he's actually on point. Right now, it, it's like you're, it's like pissing into the wind. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. He doesn't know. Before, hold on, hey guys. After Tuca, after Tuca, oh, every, everybody's happy right now. Everybody's Yay. happy. How did you get to that game? How did you get, how did you get to the how did you get to the Gold Cup final? Referee mistakes. By winning. No, but but forget that. How was the team playing? It was struggling. And how many players were in Europe? Like. And how many players out of those players? I mean, just get out. Two months off for that. Does he have When did their season end? Moreno, Memo. When did their seasons end? They ended in, in mid-May, late May. When did the Gold Cup start? In mid-July, oh, had two months off. Yeah, I, I, there, there, there. You can use a, you can, you can explain some of these things away with logic, and not well, with emotion. Let's not use logic, by all means. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> like La Puente is talking like, oh, we should be qualifying to the World Cup, you know, coming out. Yeah, but that's an MLS and, excuse, and, man. And he, and no, and the thing is, he MLS can't qualify a team. You know what? That, what all I'm saying, all I'm saying. Qualify the team for La Puente. He doesn't even have no idea what it takes to qualify a team through qualifiers, World Cup qualifiers. All, all, all I'm saying is, you're, ta you're, we're talking about a coach who, in 2002, who in 2002, at when he was at, you know, with America, and I, and I bring this up because of the importance and using, you know, playing with what you have, doing, you know, doing more with less. 
where he not only you know they basically bucked up. Is this they where they bucked up and had their massive hour-long flight to Morelia for the Copa Libertadores? No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, you're having five games in what eight, nine days, and you're taking care of business. So I mean, so I mean, there may, maybe, maybe, you, maybe Piojo should have sent more players to to Copa America. You know, Better. aside from Tecatito. But he couldn't. And then risk losing the Gold Cup so that he could get fired. Hey, but even, you know what? Even if these players are off like two, three months, the MLS issues where they say their teams are out of form. At the same time, you have you know, this group of players; they haven't rested, so you know they're carrying injuries. So I mean, I think it goes both ways on that. Yet, you know, if you're rested, you heal from your injuries, keep yourself informed. You know, the tournament's coming. So to me, now, it's... well, hey, let's not go. Let's not go too far. Okay. Uh, 2007, 2000, Copa America with Hugo Sanchez. Third place. Third place, and honestly, it's a game. It's a final that, that you know that he lost in the U.S. But it's, really, it's a game that that they should have won. Now, okay, it could go either way the game, but you had you had the team played aside from the Endurance game, which uh, uh, the Endurance game uh, that was played over here in uh, in New York, the team did all right in the in the, in the Gold Cup. Played a pretty good final, and they also, like you said, you know, they got third place in Copa America. Why not try? Why not do that uh, this time around? Well, the balance of the team back then was a lot stronger than the ones we've seen the past two no. years. I, 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 the on, on the contrary, Hugo was going through a transition with players. Your, yeah, your Borghetti, your Borghetti's, your Cuauhtémoc Blancos, your Rafa Marquez's, your well, not, well, not so much Rafa, but remember he he, he tried your, to include Gio and Vela in his in his process early on, and he got exactly, uh, he ran into trouble with Chucho. Exactly. So I'm just saying, why why I mean, Hugo risked it. Why not? Why not? Why not? Uh, Piojo? Yeah, but Hugo also had the blessing from the teams to let him play both tournaments. He didn't have the blessing from the European teams to do. The only one yeah. he had was Nelly. That was the last time we, we were able to do that. And if, if we, can, we can go back and look at the, uh, the, the the core of the Copa America group. I still think that whatever that core was was a bit stronger than what we sent this this past edition. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, a game here, a game there, and you're, you're done. I mean, it, it doesn't uh, – uh, it's, it's, you know, it's just uh, – regards to, to La Puente's comments, I don't, I don't necessarily understand – uh, why the comparison, to be honest? And, and second of all, again, the timing of these comments, uh, this has been a good summer for Mexican soccer, I think, on most levels. I mean, we can argue and about the merits of the game. Emotionally, but... yes. Emotionally, yes. But looking at looking at it cold, no. They played, they played like crap. Absolutely. They played like they what, they what, hey, that's, that's that team... If you were to ask an Argentinian, a, a Chilean, if did we look terrible? Did we lose? We did we get help from the refs? Um, did we handball like nine goals into the into the net? Hey, you know what? Who cares? We won. Exactly. Facing the playoff, guys. But the, the quality of the U.S. team in the in the playoff, guys. We all agree it's their, one of their worst teams in recent memory, right? Yes. John, for you guys that are saying, what was the score? who cares, who cares, the way you played, okay, I understand, you know, you win that game and stuff like that, but the laws of averages are against you when you're just winning these games just with, you know, like little bullshit goals, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, flute goals and stuff like that. What about the Jamaica game? They played well in that game. That so one they did. That exactly. one they did. You know what? There was games where they did play well. There's games that they played poorly. At the end of the day, though, when you look at a tournament – 
if you if you're lifting the trophy, it, it's got to be deemed a, uh, a success. Right. It's exactly the point. I mean, that's this is about winning. I mean, we we've all gotten used to playing well and losing. So when we play okay or or bad and win, it's a problem. And all so of a sudden, what, what are we? Spazzo now? Are we in, in 2000, you know, in 2010, Spain hey lost the first game and ended up winning the World Cup. So you know, it, it doesn't matter how you get there. Winning it. Get there. That is one. They they beat the one of the worst U.S. teams in history. They beat them in extra time, three two, right? And so we're we're saying if we want to say this is one of the best generations, or even a generation as good as uh, previous generations of Mexico teams and player pools, you know, I I I, I can see uh, La Puente's point. If this team's struggling to beat uh, you know, one of the worst U.S. teams in recent memory. Well, again, yeah, that's, that's that's completely relative because my, yeah, my yeah, issue with Puente's comment is first of all, he was wrong about Panama. Panama is a good team; they've they've improved dramatically over the past five, ten years. Yeah, that's probably the hardest matchup for Mexico yeah, right and, now. Absolutely. Thank God they're not in Mexico's semifinal group. Honestly, uh, yeah, we struggled to thing, beat them over the past four or five years. Um, and, and and to be honest, that that game in the Gold Cup versus Panama was the worst game Mexico played, even beyond the Trinidad and Tobago game, uh, to me because you didn't really see where the team was going to find uh, any way of winning that game. But at the end of the day, that was a refereeing mistake, and even a mistake can be put in quotation marks because I still don't believe that it was that it wasn't the penalty call and the first goal. Um, that's that's you know again that's that's semantics and that you know we're not we shouldn't. Really waste time on that. The other thing about La Puente's comments is isn't that excuse almost, making though? Isn't is that it's excuse almost, making? Uh, his his comments, it's it, it's as if he's still frozen in the mid '90s and thinking that the Central American teams are these tiny little teams where Mexico can walk in and win four nothing, five nothing exactly. without even breaking. We know That's excuse making, guys. Because I, I don't agree with that. Because because uh, La Puente, as a player, was eliminated from a World Cup. Exactly. He, so he, I don't think he knows. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna um, despreciar these small teams. No. He he look the the timing. I agree that the timing is off. His comments. But as but as far as the substance of what he said, he's got a lot of valid points. You know what? I don't, I think I don't he's agree got, with that. He's got, he's got a lot of valid points. Well, you what may not agree. You may not agree, but you, you may that, not agree with it. But I mean, didn't we have Martinoli? You know, remember how he was cussing the team the, the last match day? Oh, I love you, Estados Unidos, and and then just talking crap about the Mexican team. Yes. I mean, Hate that guy. Did, uh, no, no. What, yeah. I, what I'm saying, what I'm saying, what, I, what I'm saying is, dude, we got, we hey, have to play the playoffs. Mexico played badly in that. It has. Okay. Well, hold on. Let's. let's I mean, La Puente should know. Let's he talk about the and got kicked out of the World Cup. So who won the World? Well, let's see. Who won the World Cup qualifying cycle in 2002? Uh Costa Rica, I think. What right. Mean, but, what wait, did they do in the World Cup? Is there a trophy? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Who won the World Cup qualifying cycle in 2006? The U.S. and they finished last in our group. So again, again, who won the World Cup qualifying for South America in 2002? Hey, do you know? Do you know uh, how? Do you know? And what happened in the World Cup? So what? What are we putting? What are we putting weight on? Is it the qualifiers or is it the actual World Cup? Isn't that what we always strive for? Is it the World Cup? So who? I mean, you can criticize and you can talk about it, 
but we haven't even started the qualifiers. I mean, it just doesn't. It, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. And 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 I know you keep saying, Ronnie, that the, he's got valid points. Whatever points he may have had, which he I want to not he glossed over them. Hey guys, I see this as a perfect pep talk for this team because the last two cycles, you know, you, you've got these players they're in Europe, they play in Europe. Maybe, maybe they kind of they got an ego where hey, you know, the, the level of this uh, confederation is beneath them, and maybe this is exactly what they need to hear—a reality check. Like, hey, you know what? Okay, you guys have all this potential, but as a team, you haven't done anything, and uh, you know, you need see, to be maybe that's not, a little bit. But that's also not right. I mean, they've done stuff. Like they've what? Done They've done as much as previous teams have done. I think that's kind of the point. To say they've done nothing that's... is you're going to you're driving the car off the cliff with the kids in the back just to spite their mother. It doesn't really make sense. What? Got... <laughs> Are you kidding me? Maybe, maybe, she's, right, a maybe she's a Dude. bitch. Maybe she's a bitch. You know, she probably is. She probably you know, is. I mean, it's a reality let's, check. Let's take a look at Giovanni Dos Santos. Man. He won it's... three gold cups. Now he's in know. the MLS. Yeah, I know. But that's what I'm saying. This. This generation, you keep calling this the I worst I don't see how that erases um, I, I, anything he's done. Dude, he's retiring early. He's retiring early. Is that Dignac playing in Mexico that he's retiring early? No, he's not. He yeah, just got capped to a That's what he had said. He thought that his chances were 100 to 1 to get called up again. But Juan, you were saying, you were saying, what were you saying recently? You were just saying something. About what what I was mentioning about the pep talk, or well, yeah, you 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 think that you just said that you don't think that they've done anything. Yeah. Well, 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 what well, what look, do you define they, as anything? Look, they've won some tournaments as as uh you know some youth tournaments. They've you know they they got the gold medal, obviously. Uh, you know, and and that was without Gio, without without Vela. But I I think as a group. Gio was with it. Uh, well, Gio was injured in the final. I'm sorry, but yeah, Gio was in the tournament. But I'm, I meant the final, uh, and of course without Vela in the tournament. And what what I'm saying is, uh, you know, some of these guys might have kind of like a chip on their shoulder where the the competition in the, the give me one second. Juan, uh, you know, it's funny about Giovanni dos Santos. This summer he was a lazy, overweight, undisciplined diva. And since he hasn't gotten called, he's the greatest Mexican player of all time. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing how the, the conversation gets shaped based on the interest of certain people that that have microphones in front of them. You know, including myself. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna exclude myself from this, but I I, I find it when I, when, when, when it becomes a hard line and it's yes or no, right or wrong. They did nothing. They did something. I think we have to establish the parameter the parameters first. What is considered something? Because I don't, this generation, two World Cups in a row, finished yeah, round of 16, much like La Puente's team. Uh, I, I mean, they stroll in the qualifiers, yes. I mean, that's true. But generally speaking, they've done equally as much, I guess, as, as La Puente's team did. So I don't understand a comparison, really. Joel, what, how did Mexico finish in the 86 World Cup? Quinto partido. Okay. In the 1990, they didn't make it, which... In my personal opinion, that is the greatest generation, the one of 1990, yeah, one that didn't agree. play. Anyway, in 1994, yeah, I yep, I agree too. 1994? 94, second round. round. 1998? It's second. been a second round ride for like 20 years now. Yeah. So, for I, I might understand La La Puente's comments if Mexico didn't qualify or if they got bounced in the first round, but the fact is 
Mexico's been the same for 30 years. But but no, hold on, hold on, John. You know the last two hold cycles. On, hold, hold, hold on, there's no hold trophy. On. 2002, 2002, 2006, 2010. You use naturalized players. Okay. What I'm they saying is, the Viva naturalized players. You use naturalized players because you're th because you're basically trying to you're doing shortcuts basically. So, hey, I mean, well, La, La Puente what, what, said that 2006 was a great team with naturalized players, right? Isn't that what he said? Not, not that I recall. Yes, he did. He, he, did, he did praise La Volpe because... Uh, uh, not that I recall. In fact, in, in, in naturalized our, players. Now, now, now that I recall... Not uh, not he, was, he wasn't yeah. too, too fond of the whole natural, you know, naturalized movement. Uh, yeah, he was, he was pretty much against it. It's true. I mean, I don't... I mean, I'd have to look through the Bocone Cangrejo timeline, but I'm almost positive that La Puente, you know, was not a big fan of it. Now, granted, he never, you know, went, you know, got personal after Zinia or, or Caballero and stuff like that. But the whole thing, the whole notion of doing less with more, well, it seems like the coaches from 2002 or the cycle from 2002, these guys, you know, using naturalized players. I mean, you think now, that they use less with like more uh, naturalized players or just one? What's that? How many well, how many? I mean, well, when Aguirre blow, uh, broke the, the, or opened up the floodgates with Caballero in, in 2001. 2002, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he did it. I think. Well, he he played what 2001 because he did play 2001. Yeah. 2001. I mean, what we've used to what 10? Not even though. But if you look at, yeah, they called up more. I mean, I mean, it's, it, it was ridiculous. I mean, it, I I don't no, have, I don't. I have, I have yeah, but the, the first players. naturalized players played in the fifties, so I don't understand what the big deal is. No, but there was, there was. What I'm saying is that we didn't use them for like forty years. Okay. We didn't use them like for forty, thirty something years, and then you know Aguirre opens up the floodgates, and then boom, they're all coming back. You know, they're all you know coming in there. They're all quick fixes. They're all shortcuts. You know, to trying to get the team to play better. So I mean, to me, that's another. I mean, maybe La Puente didn't talk about it, but I'm probably it's in the back of his head, in the you, back of his mind. You know what, Ronnie? Yeah. If Brazil or Argentina was doing that, you bet we would be hearing about it. But it's Mexico, so they kind of just sweep it under the rug. <sighs> well, here's the thing. Here's even the thing. Brazil won't even. Uh, they won't even hire a foreign manager, right? The Brazilians. Yeah, pretty much. But here, check this out. So in 1998, uh, La Puente's uh, team ranked at number 13 in the World Cup. Now, in 2014, Piojo's team ranked at number 10. So if we are simply going to go by the numbers, Piojo's team in this generation that he's talking about in particular finished higher than his team in 1998. So, again, what do we define as being the parameters? Because... I felt like he, he the, the conversation and the New points Zealand, he was trying to make were, play, were decent play, play. and obviously, you know, whatever. But then but then he just, like, they just, the, the interviewer just goaded him into just talking and, and literally just not even <laughs> thinking about what he was saying. You got to be careful with those Sally reporters. They'll, they'll get you. They'll get I, you. Thought they, I thought it was, actually, you know what? I got to tell you, we, we need to take lessons from them because the way that they walked him towards the door with that comment and then... Asked the question and just simply asked him to confirm was top notch, man, top notch. So what yeah, you're saying many, is this is the worst teams, generation, right? How many teams? Yeah, yeah uh, that's what I'm saying. How many teams in uh, the for the 1988 World Cup uh, qualified at a Concacaf? Three. 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 How many teams? Uh, 
uh, and there was how many spots? Three, right? Or was yeah. there a playoff back then? No, no there no was playoff. no playoff. So if if uh, if if the reggae was, boys made it that the the reggae boys in the U.S. and Mexico made it. Yeah. So, so if, if the same number of spots were available this uh, this last uh, cycle. Yeah, we wouldn't have gone. Yeah, we wouldn't have gone. Now what? Now would have left once made a, you know I'm, I'm, you know he has some points, man. Like, I mean, the, if, you dig, if you dig far enough into the dirt, you'll you'll sort of find some rocks that look like gems, I guess. La Puente can sense that, but... generation the worst, but I'm sorry. I've been around for too long. I saw Mexico get their ass kicked by Germany, West Germany, 6 to nothing, where they had a free kick, and Germany scored on it on a counterattack. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. please, let's not talk about this generation being the worst. There have been far worse. I think it's yeah. a it's a it's a reality check for these guys, man. That's the way I see it. You know, qualifiers are about to start. But but he didn't know. say they were the worst. That was a that was a reporter. And then he went into detail saying that this generation is not better than the one that he coached. They, yeah, I but mean, it's not. I mean, I think un, until they until they I, I agree they that need to prove it. No, no, you, but that's, you can, you you can have, argue that it's not the best or it's not better than his generation. The only way his generation will be considered better from here on out is if they win either Copa America or make it to the World Cup quarterfinals. Period. And so you can talk about the Confederaciones. The Confederaciones is a molero tournament. Well, Juan, Juan, is a good, Juan was just saying that. Um, shit, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, somebody pipe. else talked. Right? <laughs> My head just got I think they need to prove it, guys. I mean, okay. No, I agree. They they need to prove it. But I mean, my you... point is, is that the every generation has been exactly some may have played prettier than others. Hey, help me out here. More with less. I get that. That's fine. But the bottom line is, is that nobody since Bora's team in '86 has done more. Period. End of story. Okay, well, so, let's let's talk about that. individual players. How about we talk about some individual players? I'm going to throw out a couple names, and you guys tell me if you think these players from La Puente's generation or around his generation are better than the current players. <clears throat> okay, is Luis Garcia better than Carlos Vela? Okay. Yep, is, yep. Jesus, hold on. is Jesus Corona better than Carlito Arellano? And is Javier Hernandez better than... Then Palencia, Borghetti, Sage, and Hermosillo. Then Borghetti, dude, Borghetti was a limited player, but, you know, he's a specialist, man. Yeah, and he's, he's still the leading goal scorer. And you know what? He actually, he's the one that taught Chicharito at Chivas how to head the, head the ball. That's why he's he's got a lot of, you know, goals uh, that he's been scoring with with headers. You know, he so, you admit, so you admit that the students surpassed the master in this case, which is but, about to happen pretty soon. But, I don't think that's up for debate. I, I think that's kind of the point. Like you have uh, these these much better players. They've they've won a lot of things as a, a you know a youth tournaments. You know they've got gold medals. They they they, they won the you know the first uh, uh, World Cup, which was a youth World Cup for Mexico. But you know at the senior level, given all this, uh, you could say it was hype. You could say potential. Uh, you could even say talent, uh, unrealized talent or realized talent or otherwise. They they haven't proven that they're better. Yeah, they they've that's, done the same thing, but, but that's kind of lowering the bar, you know. Cause it's not lowering the bar; it's keeping the bar where it's at. 
Right. Yeah, <laughs> but it's lowering the bar, giving the the attention, the work that's been done for these guys. I think it's kind of hard to, to just cast this is a youth level. Hey, guys, when you consider when you consider where these players are playing, you consider the money involved now. The money from from ninety nine from ninety eight ninety nine to now is completely different. So when when you talk about when you when you talk about the money, when you talk about basically you know. Also, where these play- players are playing, I mean, you do expect more from these players now. Yeah, but we only have a chance yeah, I mean, to expect more from them, you know, every two to three years. And so uh, that's why I feel that the timing of the conversation is weird because, again, this team, they went through the, the hex last, you know, two years, three years ago, and it was absolutely terrible. But now they have a chance to redeem themselves. You know, they went to the Confederations Cup in 2013. It didn't go well. But now they have a chance to do it again, you know. So again, and you know they'll be having another World Cup again in 2018. So again, that's kind of like the thing. Like once this, once these things are played, we can go back and say, well, yes, no, they weren't better. They were better. They were worse. You know, they sucked. They were in between. But right now, we don't have a lot to go on. And, and, and at best, we can sort of agree that you know they're kind of at similar levels. You know, you so, know so that conversation just goes in circles. Something we're not including. In my opinion, that should be included in the discussion is are the Mexican coaches better than their 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 senior you know guys like Lapuente and Miguel well, Barón. How many coaches? How many Mexican coaches do we have in Liga MX right now? Well, that we talked five? about. This. Do we have more or less? Yeah. Compared to with the... 94-98. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but I would venture to say that right now we have less Mexican coaches in the league. No, we do. We obviously do. Does that play a part in this? What do you guys think? Well, okay, if you were talking about naturalized, you know, naturalized, keep in mind, La Volpe, Romano, uh, Ferretti, Ferretti uh, Turco, uh, all these guys started their coaching careers, basically, or, or basically are making their careers in coaches, you know, Reynoso. These guys, these, they, they spent, what, 20, 30, 40, 50 years in, 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 uh, in Mexico. You know, we're not talking about like that Paco, that dude from what's his name from Santos Paco. Ah, hey, dude, dude. To me, that's not different than players yeah. on the national team. In my opinion, that's what's, not what's different. That? If if you count those players as Mexican coaches, you know, I I think it's no different than you know, like Captain Caballero that pretty much spent his whole career. No, no, What I'm saying is, like for example, if you take in Chaco Jimenez, Chaco Jimenez will tell you, like you know, straight up. That his, you know, like you know how they have like the like the mentor, the guy that you know he looks up to, you know, feels, you know, ide- you know, when uh, ideology and stuff like that. Chaco, you know, Chaco looks to to, uh, to Ojitos Mesa. So I mean, if Chaco in the future goes into coaching, you know, he's gonna try to do what Ojitos did, and you know, to a certain point, Carlos is also doing it, you know, because you know they learned a lot from these, you know, these good coaches. So I mean, I, I I don't think it's really the same as you know as the player thing, the whole naturalized Mexican coach, because these guys, I mean, they played for so long in Mexico. Carlos has been in Mexico since '94. Hey, Guille Franco. What's that? Guille Franco. What is he doing? What is he doing nowadays? I don't even know. He's obviously well. No. The businessman now. He's investing. Yeah, I think he was investing in a team, but I forgot which one. It's I mean, I, 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 Alonso. You know Alonso, which 
Alonso also, I mean, honestly, you know, this is just, you know, I know it's, we're going off the off subject here, but for me, there's, I can understand Cardoso, you know, because obviously what he did in Toluca and, you know, the years he spent in Mexico, Alonso, I don't, I don't see why they would give that guy an opportunity, you know, when you have other young Mexican coaches that are also looking for that opportunity. I mean, it's not like Alonso really made a name for himself in Mexico. I'm pretty sure that uh, Guille Franco is Chicharito's personal cock blocker. In- <laughs> <laughs> he should have. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, the, well guess- that's a very good question, though. Who are the young, good Mexican coaches that are that are coming up, up through the ranks? Ramoncito Morales, but he's going to take a different path. He's going to be coaching youth teams probably the, the youth national teams, and then in Let's about five, eight, yeah, five to seven years, he'll probably get a chance in Liga MX. Now, he, he, just think we're talking about this, because there's been a lot of coaches that didn't really have illustrious playing careers or, you know, really just, you know, maybe played amateur and stuff like that. Uh, Chiquis Garcia, obviously you guys know that he, uh, he uh, Chiqui, El Chiqui, I'm sorry, Chiqui Dracula, he obviously, what do you call it? Um, got the his uh, degree. Yeah, no, yeah, the referee. He actually got his. Uh, no, no, no. Chiqui Martin, Chiqui Dracula. He got his uh, coaching degree from the Mexican Federation. Uh, Joaquin Beltran also got uh, got his uh, coaching. El Capitan. Uh, el Capitan. So I mean, uh, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys, you know, that uh, young guys. Um, that have their coaching degrees. In fact, I, I don't know if, if the Mexican or the Mexican Federation website, you know, still has has it published. I know that you know before they tinkered with the new one. I know that, that they they used to publish, you know, each semester's uh, graduates, and you would always see ex football players on it. So well, what, what, what about talking? You know how? Okay, you know how you were talking about earlier that you gotta do a lot with less. Well, yeah. what about that Chambriz? What he's doing with America? You know. He's, well, uh, he, He's doing good, right? That's Belize, though, you know. No, let me check, right? Well, no, you know what? You know what? Uh, Obviously, I I wasn't too. I mean, as a, as a, obviously, he's been an assistant uh, coach with, you know, with uh, what's his name, Uh, Aguirre and stuff like that. But uh, you know, when he ventured solo, obviously, he hasn't done well. But um, he considered like a new coach, but he's doing, but he's doing limited more than anything else. Exactly, but he's he's doing well. You know what? one guy that I admire in a, in a crazy way because he does he takes these you know he does he has the teams playing well but you know they're also very limited is El, El Chelis you know um, I thought he did really well in, in Puebla and obviously you guys know Puebla's you know they have crazy owners too what about uh, Profe Cruz El, El, El Profe ah uh, I've always thought that uh, Travieso Guzman, Guzman rather, would be a, a guy that a bigger team could take a chance on. Well, he, yeah. had, he had a shot. He had a shot with Tigres. He did well with Santos as well, but he, then he fizzled. And that's kind of what happens, you know? Same thing with El Olmo. He got a shot with Tijuana and also, you know... They fired him before the... They fired him and brought in... Uh, yeah, he was with Pumas too for a bit. Thank God they can run out. Didn't, didn't Joaquin de Lomo get uh, Tijuana to first division and they fired and him? And then he got rid of him, yeah. He's in Spain right now. With Real Oviedo. 
He's like a general manager. Oh, is he the uh, for Slim's team? Doesn't Carlos Slim all that? Own that yeah, team? he he bought the team. All right. So wow. in a perfect world, and I, and I said this earlier today, if if Osorio somehow makes it through 2018, then to me the, the next guy that should step in line should be Potro. Well, I I'm, mean, not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. You to know, be honest. you know what Mexico's situation, both coaching and player-wise, uh, in, in, as far as the Liga MX, uh, is very similar to England's, isn't it? Yeah, so there's a lot of similarities. Well, more so now that England has less and less English players. And less English coaches. Well, they're, they're uh, naturalizing some as well, right? Vicente del Bosque made a very, very, very uh, accurate comment yesterday where he said that um, he said that the English style doesn't exist anymore. Um, and if you look at his quotes, it's very interesting because he's simply saying that <clears throat> the intensity and the, and the verticality that, that English teams were known for is, is something that's been adopted by, by pretty much most teams around the world as, you know, as part of a modern game sort of approach. So those intangibles that sort of benefited England don't really exist at the club level or at the international level anymore. So uh, you can make a comparison to Mexico, at least in CONCACAF in that sense. And, and, and I think that's where Osorio comes in because yesterday or the day before where uh, Yayo La Torre was asked point blank, I think it was yesterday, uh, by Ante Marin, what went wrong? What specifically went wrong during the qualifiers last, you know, in 2012-2013? And he didn't even bat an eyelash. He said... We, the coaching staff, and, and, you know, the people involved with the coaching staff, we were not able to, to figure out the tactical setups of the opponents at home or away. And I think that if you look at, if you, if, you know, if we look back at, at what the qualifiers were, Mexico played literally the same at home and away. Sort of a, you know, trying to employ a sort of patient buildup and, and, uh, and, and at times quick uh, counterattacks, you know, mostly through wing play. And there was no, there's no, there was no uh, variance. There was nothing that was different uh, with the approaches, and so it was a lot easier for for these other teams to figure out how to play against Mexico than it was for Mexico to break them down. And I think that's we're going to talk about Osorio soon. And I think that's one of the things that is going to be different this time around. That hopefully will give us different results. You know, I'm paraphrasing because I saw that interview too. So he said that he said, he said we made no adjustments. But we made up for it by underestimating the teams. Right. And then that's something that Sawyer actually talked about as well. He said he talked to some of the players and and by, by what I what I what I get out of that is that he talked to the players that were part of the last cycle, uh, and they said that on some level they felt like they consciously or unconsciously they they underestimated the rivals, you know, and, and, and pretty much dug themselves a little too deep and they couldn't find a way out. And and, and like Ronnie was saying, you know, in La Puente as well, you know, we it was an embarrassing World Cup qualifying cycle, and we only made it because, by the grace of God, the playoff was against New Zealand um, instead of you know South America and or Asia, and so you know there you have it. Hey, now given the context of those comments uh, of uh, of uh, Yayo's comments about the players underestimating well, uh, the opponent, uh, oh, let me finish this point. Doesn't La Puente's I mean La Puente's comments that hey. These guys, you know, they haven't accomplished anything new, or they're they're not a much they're not they're a worse generation than than some of the ones he mentioned. In your, in your guys' opinions, you think his comments help the team or hurt the team? 
this well, current team? Well, obviously it helps because anytime Mexico can play with a chip on their shoulder, they always play better. Yeah, that's been proven in the past. You know, thanks Croatia's coach at the time. No, the I don't know if that's totally true. I mean, there's been uh, games with against the the U.S. where they've had a chip on the shoulder and it's gone completely to hell. Yeah, that's not a chip. That's a they had a mental block. But I think that's gone. Thank goodness. There's now, a little bit of it there. I'm not trying to defend Chepel. And maybe you know, and obviously Yayo, Yayo, and them would uh, would know better. I mean, because they they were there. But I do remember many games where games that they should have won, but the last they just couldn't define. They couldn't. They couldn't. They just couldn't score. You know, they they would generate a lot of goal opportunities. Uh, you know, goal chances and stuff like that. Under Chepel. Under Chepel. Under Chepel. Remember, remember, like for example, you know, uh, when they played uh, Honduras and Honduras, we were up, I think, at one point, what two, two zero or something. Zero. We had a couple more after that, yeah. Ex exactly. So, I, what, what, I'm, what my point is that uh, obviously, when you're playing in a stick, when you're playing in a stick, and they park the bus, it's going to be hard. So, you, your players have to be, they have to be committed and they have to be concentrated more than anything, you know, and, and not to not to hurry things up. And basically try not just to send just crosses into the box all day long. I mean, just try different things, long-range shots, uh, the, you know, uh, you know, little walls, giving goes, you know, stuff like that. Hey, and the, and, you think the crowd the, helps in that sense? In, that in, the, in the Azteca, Honduras, uh, uh, the Honduras game in Azteca, Mexico, uh, Mexico had the, you know, had a chances in the beginning to put away, to put the game away. Yeah. So, so I mean, I understand why Yayo's you're saying that. You know, and obviously those goals that were where Mexico's gotten beat, you know, with their you know the backs exposed and stuff like that. That's 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 not new. I mean, that's been going on with Mexico for a while, for a long time, because Mexico likes to keep the possession. It, you uh, know, I, 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 I just the Mexico played in the Azteca where they had no chances on goal, the Jamaica you know, game and the Costa Rica game, and you cannot do that at home. But yeah, but, but I'll, I'll say that the Jamaica game was pretty bad. But the Costa Rica game, that was the third game of a three-game series. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that would be my excuse. We'll still at home. It, you know, Nestor, uh, uh, I think after the Gold Cup, uh, right before, uh, after the Gold Cup ended where Mexico lost to Panama uh, and they were eliminated from the knockout stages, he, well, eliminated from the tournament, he, he mentioned uh, that he went on TV, he gave an interview, and he mentioned that, hey, you know, I don't. I'm not sure what's happening with the coaching staff. If they're not doing their job, uh, scouting the teams, or if the team got over, you know, got overconfident. Uh, you know, hey, we won the gold. Now we're, you know, we're the the bee's knees. So it's interesting to say Yayo, who's who was actually on the coaching staff, and he's saying, hey, we weren't doing our job. Yeah, he pretty much said they couldn't figure out how to how to really move the team forward in those. Situations. That's something we talk about. You know, the but how do you break the bus? You I mean, know what you, though? In the in the gold cup, in the gold cup, he, he I noticed uh, in the in the opening game, he tried a four three three. He had a uh, uh, Rafael Marquez uh, center forward. He had a uh, Raúl Jiménez playing on the right, and uh, and Fabian on the left. And it, it, you know, I think like I envisioned that lineup with uh, you know Vela in it and Gio. And I think something interesting would have happened, but unfortunately, that the team, it you know that lineup didn't work out. His tactics yeah, didn't work. Yeah, that was against Panama. And, and you know what? You know what? The thing is, 
he he hadn't done that up until that point. He just kind of threw it out there, and I'm not sure how much he practiced that. I think um, they well they didn't uh, remember they had that controversy that then I had to go with them to Brazil, and it was actually Chava Reyes Jr. that stayed back to prepare the team. So I think that was probably their they're gonna be their plan B or plan A going forward. They won. By the way, yes, I know what you're going to say. Go ahead, say it. Say okay. It. I want to hear from you. This is, this is where you start screaming and celebrating. Yep. I knew you were going to say that. Go ahead, dude. That celebrate with me. Golazo! That was a great goal, though. See, that's what they, that's what they pay uh, Marco Fabian for. Dale, dale. So this will put him in 16th place in the relegation table. Is that what it will be? <laughs> This is simply a moral bit. That was a hell of a goal, I'll tell you that, if you guys get to watch it. Man, he frustrates just to no end, Marco Fabio. He is... I noble mal de me. Just don't yeah, expect just, much, and then you won't be disappointed. Uh, I, still, that's I mean, exactly that's kind of right. guy I should have gone on loan to... Lower your expectations. That's a Homer Simpson line, man. If you expect nothing, you know, the good things will happen, you know, and so that's, it's, that's how I live my life. That uh, you know, Chivas is, has a mess at the top in the leadership. So maybe either Regata or or his wife or, or Regata's wife put him up to that uh that press conference. So you know, I can't put it all on Marquito. Somebody had a you know, attack probably. Mm. I mean, when he played that tournament in Toulon, wow. Yeah, the chemistry with uh, with Alon Pulido was great, man. And with and with Jimenez too. Both of them just, they were just tremendous. But anyway, all right, moving on. By the way, Colima, I expect a gift for that at minute uh, seventy between seventy eight and seventy nine. You'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I didn't get a chance to. I don't think he watches Crash Games though. That Joel wanted me to loan. Oh dear, did that just happen? But uh, I do have a commercial break, so we're gonna take a break and I'll be right back. Para el pase largo y lo tiene. La cadena radiofónica Longhorns en español está aquí en Fiesta 97.1 FM. El próximo partido desde sábado 14 de noviembre desde West Virginia. El equipo de los Longhorns visita a los montañeses de West Virginia. Escúchenos a partir de las 10:30 de la mañana 97.1 FM. SoccerChronicle.com informa Los Cachirules, el podcast con más garra, pasión y picardía que hasta el equipo de todos. Y ahora con ustedes, Los Cachirules. Nice. I'm John Jagu. We're joined by a legion of Mind blown. Folks that, uh, that know their stuff about Mexican soccer. I'm going to do a little roll call again here in a second. Uh, I'll do that, though, by 
announcing somebody and having them give their prediction for Friday night's game. So let's start with uh, Daniel. Yeah, what's your last name? Good lot. I keep it to say Daniel. Uh, Perciado. Daniel Perciado. Pre, pre, oh, Daniel like, Perciado. Thank you. Like my boy Julio. Okay. <laughs> Daniel Perciado, how are you, sir? I'm uh, I'm great, and I'm predicting a four-zero. Four-zero. Wow. All right, Fernando Regino out in Arizona. What's your score prediction? It's going to be 6-0. Chicharito's going to break that record. Uh, it's going to be the top goal scorer for the Mexican national team. I love your optimism. Way to go, dude. I'm with you, man. Coeli? Coeli, 7? 5-0. 5-0. 5-0. Juan out in Long Beach with kids screaming. What you got? Uh, I'm going to give you a 1-0. I think anything more than 1-0, it's going to be uh, too much hype. And that hype train is going to get derailed eventually. And out in Philadelphia with his very thick Houston accent. What was I supposed to name you? Uh, Ronnie. Oh, just Ronnie, not, not the... Oh, el hijo pródigo de Big Soccer Titlan. There you go. What's your prediction? Uh, I'm, I'm also going with 4-0, but uh, the goals, not Chicharito, uh, El Salvador, they're going to park the bus, so these goals are going to come from the back line. Like on set plays? Yeah. Well, I also think Mexico's going to win. I think they'll win 3-0, uh, maybe 2. As If they get a goal in the first 15 minutes, then I think it's going to be a slaughter, but I don't think that's going to happen. Well, we'll see it up. We should probably do a podcast after that game. I'll be in West Virginia, though. So I don't know if they have internet there. I'll probably oh, be in a bar drunk with my dad watching the oh, game. Fair enough. Well, we'll have to do it. Okay, so let's talk Juan Carlos Osorio this week and his crazy idea of, of playing players out of position, which no national team coach has ever done before. So this is like virgin territory in the world of soccer. It is. I love that intro, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's a... He's got his Chevy Guevara hat on, right? Or his T-shirt under, yeah. under so, his dress shirt, right? I guess the guy they're talking about is Miguel Layun. He wants him to cross instead of cutting and shoot. How many goals has Miguel Layun scored for Mexico cutting in and shooting? I think zero, right? Exactly. No. no. He's got a couple. Oh, he's scored against Israel. He's got two against Israel. I think he's got one in another friendly game. Probably around three or four, I would say. Okay. Well, keep in mind, you know, fullbacks aren't supposed to be scoring a lot of goals anyhow. But right. if they can, if they can, you know, add a little bit more to the attack, why not? Well, is his job more to shoot or to cross as a wingback? That depends on that depends on the situation of the, of the okay. match. I mean, well, hey, maybe, right maybe Osorio's adding by subtracting. You know what I mean? You know, subtracting Layun's crossing with his left, therefore adding well, overall. Apparently, like you and scored a bunch, of, has been scoring like crazy during training these past couple of days, playing from the right, and he's got a, you know, he's apparently he's, he's got quite a bit, of, you know, quite a bit, a few assists anyway. So I'm not sure what that says anything because it's it's a, it's a training ground scrimmage, but um, <clears throat> I think if anything, the most important thing about moving the to the right is, <clears throat> excuse me, like I mentioned uh, on Monday, is it's going to allow Osorio to really be able to change uh, the approach during the game without having to make, you know, various substitutions like we've been used to with uh, with Chepo, for example. Speaking of that, we do have a little clip of him talking about his tactical setup, not just for this game, but for the next game. 
Yo creo que no va a haber, son dos juegos totalmente diferentes, entonces hay modificación. Pensamos que en el segundo seguramente que eh, puede ser un 4-3-1-2, o eh, como el profe Pinto lo ha hecho, lo hizo con Costa Rica, de defensa de 5, eh, 4-1, entonces seguramente que todo esto lo estamos tomando en consideración. Pero el primer partido que es el, el más importante en este momento, eh, ha sido difícil investigar a, a El Salvador eh, por los acontecimientos que todos conocen. Sin embargo, hemos tratado de hacer una tarea eh, más eh, personalizada, analizar jugador por jugador y eso obviamente que nos ha llevado a ver muchos juegos de la liga local para ir identificando jugador por jugador y presupuestamos que va a ser un equipo que juegue 4-1-4-1 o 4-4-2 de antemano, básicamente la responsabilidad está para el mejor, para el más fuerte que en este caso somos nosotros Any comments? Yeah, he's just trying to sound smart You know oh, You don't know what he's talking about <laughs> To no, me, no, it, 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 you know, if a manager is giving, giving you his uh, lineup, basically, oh, this is how I'm going to line up I don't know, it's kind of arrogant towards the opponent, in my opinion. Or, I mean, I don't know if you guys see it that way, but... I don't think there's a need to study your opponent if they're bringing in their C team. No, if you yeah, do. To you, me, you, that's, that could you, be construed as arrogant. Why wouldn't yeah, you want your coach to be prepared? Yeah. For any possible scenario. Hey, well, all due respect to El Salvador. It's, it's El Salvador, dude. Yeah, but hey. we said that. We said that about... We said that about Jamaica... We said about Panama. Yeah, but did they send their C team? team. Did, they send, did they send their C team? Well, he, he's also but, talking about bringing in two different lineups, right? One for El Salvador and then a totally different one for... Well, I don't think it, he says he's going to make some changes, but it's not going to make it totally okay, but, different. But, but, media uh, just ran with a totally different thing. But here, here, here's, here's my thing. Here's my thing with Osorio. Is the first game of the World Cup qualifier really the first, you know, I mean, where you should need to be experimenting? You have I'm no choice. Experimenting. No, 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 what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, but his whole tenure really, is an experiment. Is, is there, is there really a need to take Layun, Okay, assuming, assuming Aguilar was was in in, in uh, I, uh, Paulo Aguilar was uh, healthy, which uh, he was taken out. But you know, saying that, for example, that uh, Layun and Aguilar are going to be you know fighting for the same spot, they're going to be playing from in the right. Okay, I understand. You know, I understand if you want to do this in a partido molero, you know, in the U.S. and stuff like that. But you know what? If if it, if it works, if it works right now, if it's been working, you know, where Laguna was on the left, why don't you keep that right now? Why don't you keep that right now for the first game? It's the, your first game as a coach with the national team. I mean, I don't understand. To me, and, and I made this comment in, in our chat session. But it, it, yourself, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, what Duca did well. Did Duca did well, but Duca also, and he said it himself. Duca even, you know, met, uh, met with the players and said, "All right, guys, how do you want to do this?" They came. They, 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 they said, "Okay, this is how we want to play." Okay, now let's, you know, this is how we're going to play. Let's commit and 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 let's get to work. Yeah, but that was I, the, the I, circumstances like you, were different. I like think we can no, agree on that. No, but I'm saying it's just saying there's no there's no need to do it now. What you know, if, if it was working right now with Duca, 
what I'm saying is like you know it, it seems like he wants to reinvent the wheel. It seems like it's like La Volpe going to Boca Juniors. How is he where reinvent- Basile? Where Can Basile? You, are you I saying don't that see how he always never played? If I he was say. working in La Puente, wouldn't have called this guy, these guys the worst uh, generation in the last 30 years. Yeah, that's in my opinion. So, <laughs> I think you need, you, need to give, uh, you need to give Osorio a little rope. He might ham himself with it, but... You know, I, I agree. <clears throat> yep. I don't think that moving like you to the right is like a big, you know, you know what? Uh, you know what? side chip in that sense. Osorio is, is, gonna, is using his rope. He's, you know, he's going to hang himself with his own rope. I mean, I don't. No, I don't they all do. That we we know that. <laughs> you know, from 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 attacking, you know, from attacking, you know, Mexican coaches, you know, from from day one, to and and even you know, Reynoso said it a couple of yesterday, where oh, he sounds pretty, but it's just all words, you know. Uh, you know. Well, it's just words up to, up to now. We're, no, we still what, what I'm saying is, it's just it, sounds, it seems like he's trying to come across as it's, it's like oh, he's some sort of. Some mastermind, some teacher. I don't think I said, so. I, think I don't get that impression at all because that's the way he's talking about soccer. Let's look at Sven Goran Eriksson. You know, it, it might just be his accent that bothers people, dude. They're not used to the Colombian accent, you know? Because it, it, that's how they talk. I, I've noticed, like, no, uh, no, 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 no. Why are you going to be racist, dude? We've had. Xenophobic, not racist. We've had co- we've had it's Colombian coaches in Mexico. We've had Colombian coaches in Mexico. What I'm saying is that no one was thinking of this guy as some brainiac when he was with with with, uh, with Chicago. No, and he, no one thought man. no one thought no one thought he's some brainiac when he was with Puebla. No one thought he was a brainiac when he was with uh, the New York. No so one. Thought he, didn't have, no, he didn't have the spotlight in Puebla, but when he was in MLS, he people did scratch their heads at his methods that are. Just simply more developed now compared to what they were what, what six, seven years ago when he was in MLS. What, what did he win in MLS? Exactly. The supporter shield. He oh. took he took the Red Bulls to the MLS Cup final. Hey, he he won the trophy of the Colombian League like uh, what six or seven times. I mean I mean is, is that any value to you guys, Daryl? The Mustang Mustang League, nah. It's not <laughs> no, no. Look guys, Sven Goran Eriksson when he first match. What's a World Cup qualifier versus Honduras? And he, you know, he made some drastic changes himself, too, you know. It's not the, the end of the world when a coach wants to tinker with the lineup. There's nothing wrong with making a change. And, you know, Sven ended up winning. But there's, there's a time and a place to do it. It's like, and I use this example, example all the time. Is, has Basile not ever played on the right? Has he played on the right before? Yeah, he has. He played in the right for America a bunch of times, too. That's why I don't understand what the gripe is. I feel like we're looking for things to complain about, and, and it's not... It's, it's, it's overblowing. Wait a second. Looking for things to complain about Mexico fans. Oh, Mexico, Because Mexico won at World Cup. Don't worry. Don't worry. No, I just no, saw myself no, in the no, face. No, no, no. no. Okay. <laughs> this is valid. This is valid. I mean, I remember when Ugo got on board. Yeah, but the point is, they, you have they, no idea how he's going to because he hasn't coached yet. Everyone's already we're making basing, these we're basing it played off, the first game yet. We're basing it off on what he has said. Okay. Maybe, yeah, that's maybe, like, maybe so his style is going to be in the press conference it, and does something entirely different. You have no idea. You know, you know what I care about? What I care about is, is Osorio, like a uh, freaking workaholic. To me, that's going to tell me whether he's going to deliver results, positive results or not. You know, how well, much time he puts into uh, the project itself. Okay, well, let's let's go into some of the formations that he's used during training the past couple of days. 
Okay? The very first thing he did when he had all 25 players was he played a 12 versus 13 uh, scrimmage, which is a little strange, but but there's a reason for that. Yeah. He wanted to get everybody crowd moving. The, crowd to the get number. It. No, you also crowd, you crowd, you crowd the... Uh... Right, to crowd the field and, and create situations that the players can exploit during a game because there will be, ideally, a bit more space for those guys to operate. But that was only that was only a show for the press because that, that day, I think it was Tuesday, it was an all-day practice, essentially. Uh, it was open to the press. So there was a lot of things going on. Now, he did that, and then he lined up these two particular teams. And, and, and there's a reason for this. So the first team he lined up was uh, Talavera, with Dedos Lopez, Reyes, Moreno, Torres Nilo, Gallito Vázquez, Herrera, Aquino, Vela, Jiménez, and Peralta. Okay? That's the first team. The second team he lined up that they played against each other was um, was Memo, Lajun on the right, Ayala, Alaniz, Fuentes from Pumas on the left. Castro, um, Alejandro Castro, Guardado, as the two center mids, Corona on the left, Jurgen Dam on the right, Guli Peña and Chicharito up top. Now, the idea, based on the way that he's done, you know, with his clubs before, is he wants from Corona and Dam to seriously just exploit one v one battles and look to and look to, to to put cross into the box for the forwards to finish. In this case, Hernandez and Peña. Now. With Vela and Aquino, he's asking them to oh, come I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see it that way. I see, I see Dom and, and the other guys exploding the flanks. Gulit playing the secondary striker, basically behind Chicharito and sending, right. play, sending, sending crosses well, to, to the team. Let's think, to, to, do, to, to take him on 1v1, beat their man, uh -huh. go down and put the cross in. With, with Vela and Aquino, though, on the other team, he's asking the complete opposite. He's asking them because they're playing opposite their natural foot. Aquino on the on the left and, and Vela on the right. But he's asking him to cut in and combine with Jimenez and Peralta as and a forward. Gonna, now, so that the the outside back the fullbacks can provide the width, right? right so what you, what you, exactly. So what you can take from this is he's gonna uh, th these teams aren't set in stone, meaning that one will play on on Friday, the one will play on Tuesday. He's gonna take parts of each team and play them against each other to see what the starters are gonna do against equal uh, caliber players. Now this is what he did on Tuesday. By the you way, know, it was an open, points, open baby. Yeah. session. You know what he's done since today, for example, that was a closed session. We have no idea. We have absolutely no idea. So, like John was saying, we're we're sort of we're all getting hyped up and 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 getting wrapped up in what he said and the little bit we've seen, but we don't. Again, we don't really know what he's going to come out with. That is definitely. Uh, correct, and it's up for debate. We we should actually get into this conversation after the match, you know, after El Salvador, after Honduras, because I have a feeling he's gonna have like uh, the B team versus Salvador. <laughs> well, I think playing. I mean, I, John yeah, was saying that he doesn't think, think that we're gonna see a less uh, a less. Um, now, but, but 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 when he's talking about playing with two nines, does that really make sense right now? No, knowing that you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna face a team that's gonna park the bus is two nines really the way to go about it? Why not? You know, they one of the players might be well, playing out of position, right? <laughs> okay, okay, Pern, do you know what two nines are? 
Yeah, yes, I do. I know you don't. I know you don't. It's 99. It's 99, guys. I got no. the answer. 99. Pern knows what I'm talking about. It's, a, it's, a, it's an old big soccer joke. But no, I'm just saying, playing, playing with two nines when you're going to face a team that's going to park the bus, it's, it's, I'm, I'm questioning it. So what are you suggesting? Play with three nines. Yes. What's that? Play with three nines. I mean, honestly, well, you actually praised it too, the way it functioned. It's yeah, well, I think we all like, yeah, over it, so. it worked very well. I don't think. I mean, that was just, that was circumstantial. I think. I was I mean, never, We could expect I, better performances. I was never. I was never a fan of of using the 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 line of five. And uh, Diego, uh, the old Cruz Azul Boca player, uh, Diego La Torre, uh, you know, I remember he, he said something, you know, about, you know, about that type of style, saying that it's basically stupid because you're just overworking your, your, your fullbacks, you know, the, the, the wings. And obviously, I mean, I think he made the exception. Well, granted, if you're Brazil and you have Cafu and you have uh, Roberto Carlos, that's one thing, but, you know, not too many teams have that. Well, Yoon uh, is like Yoon right now. Let's not forget. Right exactly, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, with, 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 you know, when, you know, when Piojo started, because honestly, when Aguirre, you know, Aguirre did use the, 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 the line of five uh, in 2002, and I wasn't really a big fan of it. Uh, for some reason, Piojo, under Piojo, he, when he did it with America and also with the national team, it, it worked. So, I, I mean, honestly, I would say. It worked I, I would, until he ran into the Netherlands. Um, then it didn't work. No, my. Or was my, that his his bad? No, no. What happened with the Netherlands is that they basically they started protecting the lead, basically with forty or forty something minutes left in the game. They should yeah. have. They should have. They should have attacked more. They should have yeah. pressed more, and then yeah, but, then then hold on. Then maybe maybe if the game is still one, you know, nothing. Maybe yeah, but basically. Yeah, Holland also made adjustments and they they pushed their lines up and. The they, water break though. When Bob has said he took advantage of the water break. Yeah, that's true. The rhythm, whatever rhythm we had, kind of went out the window. And then it was like 25, 30 minutes. It was like Holland just pretty much stepping on our throats. Uh, not literally, but, you know, figuratively speaking, I guess. Yeah. Now, going like going back to saying, you know, playing with the two nines in the box and stuff like that. Now, look, I'm not, I'm not knocking on Chicharito. The guy, you know, he's, he's an Enrique Borja. He basically... He scores goals. It doesn't have to be pretty, but he scores them. Uh, uh, he's. Uh, are you sure that's an apt comparison? No. What I'm just, hey, even 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 Reynoso said it. You know, I mean, he he you know he was hey he's Enrique Borca. I mean, obviously you know Reynoso loves Borca. They were teammates and stuff like that. But the guy. I Did think Borja play for Real Madrid? No. Manchester United. No. Ali, Ali, Ali. No, no. But I think you know. I think uh, what is it? Hoyle said it best that Chicharito can he can he can cross the ball to himself and you know score goals. You know. You know what he assisted <laughs> a couple goals, right? Yeah. He bounced it off his face. Yeah, I mean, hey. But I, I I'm just saying I I don't I don't think that the, the I don't think that playing with two nice two center forwards, uh, when the team's gonna park the bus, I don't think that's the 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 way to go about it. Yeah, but I don't think he's gonna play with two nines. Well, let's hope. Uh, let's hope not. Let's. It's all. Think, uh, it's he all mentioned smart. against Honduras, he would, right? He mentioned a four-three-one-two. I think Honduras. against Honduras is the right way to go with two nines. 
not sure how to stack out really. You're gonna have to. You need width. You need you need to exploit the flanks because El Salvador is gonna do what what every team will do at a stack out. They'll just they'll they'll stay compact and uh, just crowd the middle. And I think we had a hard time doing that uh, breaking down uh, the teams last last World Cup qualifying qualifying cycle. Did the same way. They they gave us the flanks and and we didn't really do anything with it. So uh, yeah, we did. We sent like eighty crosses in. Yeah. You know. You know so. You, if you put uh, Jimenez and, and, and Chicharito or uh, Oribe up there, you might, if you got good crosses, you know, I think that's where the idea of a youth playing on the right comes in. So, I don't know. We'll, I, we'll, I guess we'll see. They just need players on the field with individual ball skill that can get by a guy, maybe two, and then find the open guy because he's got another two crashing on him, and that's how you beat the bug. Yeah. You got, you're going to need Tecatito. You're going to need Jurgendam. You need guys uh, that can get by guys, not passing it, because you're passing to a zone that has one of yours and four of theirs. It's, it's, this is why I've been kind of arguing that Jonathan Dos Santos would be the perfect. Uh, I like how you say that, John. Mexico. You need guys that get by guys. Yeah. And get more guys. <laughs> well, you know, Gallito just every time I think he's not the guy, he just he plays so well. <laughs> guy is just incredible. I I. Take my hat off to him. He is a great player, just totally out of the blue. Yeah, just, he's definitely doing well at Leon too. Play against Holland. Salcido. You know, Salcido had a chance to ice the game, and he. Who? Hold right now? No, no. And, and, and this game, where, where he headed it the wrong way? No, no. Somebody set him up. The ball dribbled right out at the top of the 18. He had a clear shot, no one in front of him, just the goalie, and he sends it like 80 meters over the bar. Just awful. What's this meme I'm seeing of uh, Fabian with his face slammed into the grass? Oh, he took a nasty ha- nasty spill. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they gave him a shot on the sideline. Of course, the slow motion of him landing on his face, it's a little enjoyable. It looked like Fabian had a Brazilian, too, because he has to really pull his shorts down. <laughs> hey, you know what? There's uh, Almeida, man. Uh, ganó los dos clásicos. A, sí, los, que no la, a los que no lo querían. And I guess it's a Maradona quote after. <laughs> que la chupen. Que la chupen. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I had a Texas game the next day, and I was talking to the media relations guys. I was like, when is Mac going to react like that after a win, a big win to the press? <laughs> Never. Oh, it did. I guess Almeida delivering the goods, so seriously, he he brought the, the way she was, was earlier this season, you know, to win in the trophy. He has to keep winning. He doesn't have a choice. Crash out of the year, actually worse than uh, so, so last now season. Can, can Chivas focus on what they really need to focus on and get out of relegation? Well, I think Dorados are not going to get out of it unless they do some drastic signings or something. Or they get La Volpe. Yeah, but, but but if they if they win a couple, then their, their coefficient jumps so much higher than everyone else's. All they have to do is get out of the two seasons, like, maybe 43, 44 points. What is La Volpe doing, actually, in uh, Jaguares? Nothing, right? 
He's doing well there. Like, he's got yeah, the team playing well. They're, they're doing pretty well. He's not speaking getting paid, right? Hey, speaking of doing less with more, La Volpe is the one who's definitely maximizing his uh, his squad. Look, you have a Tronco, Pando, a Trash, Mustafa, you know, uh, you know what I mean? He has... They were the only team to beat Pumas at home. The birds of a feather, right? Right, Pern? <laughs> we, you know... Uh, he with Chapas? Who the hell is that guy? Chapas? He, he uh, came from Pumas. I know, he's a, but... He's a Guatemalan Mexican. He's a... Well, it's a Pumas reject, right? And, you know, he's getting... Oh, he, know, he, he was a Pumas for a while. He, he, was a, he was a Pumas guy for a long time. I think he... He might have even... Gone, might have gotten one national team. Maybe like an Olympic team call-up or something. All right, so... Uh, Somebody might run... To- Run off here in a second, but uh, so we we covered La Puente Osorio. We have a game on Friday. Everyone seems to think that Mexico is going to win comfortably. Anybody else have anything to add? I, I think the game to watch will be against Honduras. I think El Salvador, uh, and I don't think that game will tell us much about. That definitely defined what he really, what Osorio has to offer. I might agree with you if Mexico had played well at home in the last one, but they didn't. They only won one game out of five, lost another, and tied three more when they didn't score a goal. So, and they scored three goals total in five games. So I want to see how they do at home. I think the one thing we want to see, I guess, even though you're not going to be able, like you said, uh, uh, that you're not going to be able to tell much, is. Um, just, I would just want to see them win comfortably. Don't make this a, a stupid drama. Like, uh, make make it uh, more complicated than it should. So as long as they win comfortably, I think at, you know that's that's a good sign at least. There shouldn't be any doubts. That's their C team. Oh, I, I agree. That's what I'm saying. Like, so at the dude, very least, when those Wilbers are up against their backs, dude, they get nasty, man. <laughs> dude, you gotta, you know, you gotta be careful with them. Okay, can't, so can't take him lightly for sure. Fernando, what's 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 your expectation then as as we wrap it up here tonight? In regards to this uh, the last match, well, I think that uh, hopefully uh, Chicharito scores his uh, first uh, first brace in the right at the beginning, and the, that will open the floodgates. Um, I hope he, first of all, I hope he does start. I'm pretty sure he will, but you know, you never know with this new coach. You don't well, know what to expect. to worry about. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, he's too hot not to start. Coel, so so your expectation is they should win comfortably. Well, Honduras yeah, is, is where you want to see I, him do. I want to add. Well, a key factor is is how how well players are doing right now, and uh, you know the core of the team is is doing extremely well. I mean, I think as coach, you just need to hand out jerseys and they'll know what to do out there. Jerseys so, and orange wedges. Let's yeah, go, boys. that's it, dude. <laughs> hey guys, so. Uh, Oh, sorry. Good one. Do you guys think, uh, you know, because uh, the, the elevation advantage, uh, El Salvador squad is going to fly in, uh, I think, uh, like the day before, and they were mentioning the elevation, it doesn't affect you until the third day. So maybe, right. uh, so maybe the, you know, the... Just the fact that they have to think about it, it's already affected. Yeah, but, but you I know what? Isn't there a couple of players making their debut with the national yeah, they have team? A, yeah, they have a couple of players that have never even been capped for the national team. So, yeah, I mean, 
you know, they, they trained with uh, with sort of the the sound of of, a, of an Azteca match. Um, and psychologically speaking, I mean, I don't expect after what happened last cycle, I don't really expect many teams to come in or afraid or or scared or anything. Um, so I mean, I, I I still maintain that that this is a young team for El Salvador. They're gonna want to prove themselves uh, on some level, and and they're gonna run and they're gonna make things tough. So, I mean, if if it's a lopsided score, it's probably gonna be after the first half. I don't imagine much will go down in the first half. But I think it affects the Mexico players more because they they got in what yesterday. Yeah. And and so, it takes you. I think it takes you about two weeks to get adjusted to the elevation. Wouldn't you think then that that we were likely to see less of the European players on Friday, maybe more of the local players. Probably Oribe will probably start. You know, I wouldn't put him. Uh, you know, Dedos might even start. Uh, Pirata Fuentes. So I, I'm. You know. What I is Leon's elevation? Pirata <laughs> Fuentes. <laughs> I know. It's laughable. Right here. It's laughable, but he's on a team, and and so far all reports state that uh, Osorio has been, he's like what he's seen from him. So, you gotta remember these guys are coming in with a with a coach that that is that is has no yeah, preconceived notions about the squad. So, some of these guys might feel they have a chance to really get some minutes, and you know that might make the difference. Who knows? All right, so Juan, what are your expectations? Uh, you know, I, I think uh, El Salvador, they should just beat them 1-0. You know, kind of get it over with. You want an ugly goal, goal an alto goal maybe, just awful. You want the fans throwing the, their Ibalaguas at, at the end of the game to, to chase them out because they only won one of them. <laughs> I just think, like, if they win 2-0, like it, it's going to come back to haunt them once, they, you know, once the heck starts and they're like, hey, why aren't these guys winning 2-0? You know, so you're struggling now, and you know. So you just want them to win. You don't care. Just, just get the win. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, because no matter what, they're somehow the press is gonna find a way to, you know, attack the team. They've been doing right. it. They, they've been doing it for like four, you know, I don't know how many cycles now since forever. Yeah, since forever. Yeah. Albert, what are, what are your expectations? Well, for this El Salvador game, I think they're gonna go in and probably get three zero, pretty easy win. For the Honduras game, I think that's going to be everyone's going to be tense a little bit for that one since it's over in Honduras. But I think it'll be a, a a win that will be surprisingly not easy, but a little bit of a surprise, maybe a two-one uh, win for for Mexico. Ronnie, what it will? Uh, honestly, I, I share the same feelings of the Salvadorian uh, Federation president. He, when asked about the chances at Azteca, he didn't say, oh, they're hard. He said, it's impossible. Uh, I think uh, the own federation has done more for, I think I think they're going to basically the ones that are beat, you know, their own Madden team. Match. I, I, I really do. I mean, I, I really do. I think the, the, the federation has really done a number on their players, which is unfortunate. But uh, Mexico just needs to, you know, stay concentrated. You know, they they just need to concentrate uh, at the job at hand. Um, Costa Honduras, Mexico should win. But uh, one of the thing, uh, what's his name? Uh, the the coach was it uh, Pinto? Um, no, 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 no. For for Honduras. 
Oh, the one that Herrera wants oh, yeah, to you're right, you're right. Pinto, yeah. Pinto. One, I, I remember there's a comment that he made was that uh, ellos, no, no, he said, the ellos metieron la pata, pues nosotros lo vamos a poner más. I think uh, Pinto's going to, I think he's going to dirty up the game. I think I think Honduras is going to dirty up the game. Yeah, that's how uh, Pinto's teams usually play. They, they're very, yeah. And, and uh, I think Mexico just needs to watch it. I think they just need to, you know, keep, Keep cool, because uh, I mean honestly, we went there last time. We were winning two nothing. Uh, there was a BS call, you know, penalty. You know, Mexico should have come out there with three points, and I think I see no reason why you know Mexico shouldn't come out with three three points. But uh, I see a, I, I see two one over there in 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 Honduras. That's if we play, you know, the the, the players in the right positions, and you know. <laughs> All right, Christian. Well, I kind of agree with Juan. Like, I'd rather just, uh, you know, I don't care how many goals they score as long as they win the game. And uh, more importantly than that, I mean, I'm I'm expecting uh, the pattern to continue. I mean, uh, performance-wise. Um, so I, I do expect. I mean, I, I predicted on on Monday a three-zero win against El Salvador. Um, I think it'll be between two. Two three zero, and I also wouldn't be surprised if they score a goal too. I mean, it could be two one three one. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like you guys all said, they're gonna they're gonna question Osorio regardless of what he does. Um, the Honduras game, you know, I know we're gonna go into it uh, more in depth uh, next week before the game, um, but I do see a sort of a tight tight maybe one zero two one win for Mexico. Okay, as far as my expectation, I would uh, I. Really want to see the players who are playing really well take the field Friday night, whoever they are. Uh, if that's uh, like like Julian Chicharito and Leon, etc. Raúl Jiménez, who I think is playing really well, just hadn't scored for Benfica. But anyway, wouldn't mind seeing that. And then for the Honduras, just hang in there. Don't don't fall for their BS. Uh, they're going to give you some chances take them, and hopefully you could escape there with three points, but, but a draw and is perfectly acceptable. I don't think El Salvador is going to lose more. If they lose by a goleada, it won't be more than four because they goal differential is going to be very important for them if they want to advance. So I don't think that it's going to be a matter of, of uh, just, you know, when Mexico played Haiti and that uh, Olympic tournament all those years ago without a five on one and still couldn't score anyway. But uh, I don't think they, I don't think that's going to happen at all. I think I think uh, the, El Salvador is going to make them earn it. But I think that the, the fact that they're just very limited, they're going to commit some mistakes, commit some mistakes, and Mexico will take advantage. And Chicharito hopefully will uh, come very close to. Breaking Hothead's record, and they'll probably break it in March up in Canada. Those are my expectations. Well, I know that we lost uh, Joel. He had to run off. Uh, I'm going to have to run off as well. I guess if, if you all want to continue to help yourselves. But uh, I do have to sign off. Uh, no, you have tiempo para mimis for, for this guy. All right. All right. So who, who wants to talk league? Because uh, we got the... Uh... You know, last match they came I'm going to jump off, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, take it easy.
Yeah, well, league is not like till next week, so why don't we do that next week or the okay. week after the qualifiers? <laughs> All right, I guess it's fab time then. All right. Yeah, let's close it up. All right, boys. Well, this has been Los Cachitos. Hope for all of our legions of fans that are listening to us live on YouTube enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed it. I'm sure you guys did as well. And we'll uh, catch you next time. Wait, John, before before you go, I just want to throw one thing out there real quick. Um, this, is a, this is a tweet from um, Jose Ramon Fernandez. He said, we, we actually talked, uh, touched this a little while ago, but he basically said, um, La pregunta no es si esta es la peor generación de futbolistas en los últimos 20 años, sino la peor generación de técnicos en los últimos 50 años. So, I think we talked about that a little bit, and I think it bears, uh, you know, we can plant the seed for next time on that. His greatest tweet. Una bofetada con guante blanco for Mexico winning the uh, Olympic Games. Best part about that whole day was Jesus Corona's family asking Jose Ramon who he was rooting for during their interview. Uh, <laughs> fantastic. Hi, <laughs> right, boys. It's been a great show. Thank you all for, for listening. We'll do it again next time. Okay. All right, guys. Good night. Good night, guys.